Hey, friend. This week's guest and I met in Los Angeles when he invited me on a date to a breathwork class at his friend's yoga studio. This was the only time we have ever spent together in person. I must admit that this was shortly before I left LA, moved away, and I was at that time in a sort of odd place to meet anyone and be open to any sort of connection. Have you ever met someone when you just weren't emotionally available at that time for friendships or otherwise, only to reconnect with them years later and find that you have so much in common? We reconnected on Instagram, and I'm so happy that we did because it allowed me to ask him to be on the show. They have forged quite a following as an astrologer and a podcaster, and we chat about astrology and the pandemic, Los Angeles, healing, feeling nomadic, our dogs, Oprah, and so much more. This conversation is so rich, and hearing it again while I was editing it put a big old smile on my face. If you've noticed, I've only used first names of my guests. My reasons behind this was to sort of focus in on the conversation rather than to try and make it about the scope of somebody's life or career. And at this point, I'm not really sure if I haven't done like a sort of disservice to people I've had on because each of them are so interesting. They have such fascinating backstories. That being said, I'm going to drop Jeff's podcast and astrology website into the show notes and on Instagram so you can do your own digging. Here's my convo with Jeff. Hi again. So, sorry about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for meeting me in chat space. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh. Um, how was your pandemic? <laughs> How's my pandemic? It's been um, a ride, I'd say so for sure. Unpacking a lot, unearthing a lot. Uh And uh, I find myself in a new place. And just now at this moment in time, I think this past Pisces season, I've just kind of felt like I've finally washed up ashore. And I'm I'm starting Mm -hmm. to kind of reacclimate to to this new world on this other side of, of everything that we've experienced. I actually was able to get the first dose of a vaccine this week. Mm. Uh, I went to DMV today and got my license here in Oregon now. So it's something about this past week. And I think moving into Aries season as things are starting to kind of pick up. And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like kind of processing it all. Right. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me that you got your vaccination at the DMV, and I was like, hmm, that sounds like a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was much, actually, the vaccine was much easier than the DMV, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree with you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, wait, are you Pisces? No, but you are. I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the cusp. I'm Aquarius, kind of right there towards the end. I'm that Regina Specter Aquarius into Pisces okay. cusp. Um, also like Yoko Ono is kind of right there at the end of Aquarius season. And uh, right. I like the cusp energy. Not all astrologers work with cusp, but I think of it as a spectrum. And, yeah. I, and I, have, I have Mercury in Pisces and Jupiter in Pisces. And I, yeah. And I, I think I remember chatting with you online and you're Pisces with Aquarius moon, I think. Yeah. 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 How, how many like, 
unstable elements can we get together yeah <laughs> well i i have a lot of aquarius and pisces in my chart too so i'm right there with you yeah yeah but there's something i think with your pisces sun i when i observe you and your offerings in the world they are very creative and musical and mm. um, ritualistic which resonates with my pisces but i am an aquarius sun so i think mine has fallen more towards um community work and having a podcast for years so it's cool that we're kind of swapping places here now you have mm-hmm. a podcast and i just closed out after three and a half years of podcasting i just did the last episode uh this past uh week on the pisces new moon it felt like a very poetic time to close out uh, mm-hmm. and i'm just taking the next um nine months to really just be with myself and be with my process and so i i start a new mentorship um, where i'll be working with a teacher next week which is restorative justice for uh for wellness practitioners mm. and that feels like the direction that i'd like to grow in um, and mm. before i just kind of land down in portland and start putting myself out there as a teacher i felt like it was important for me to um, support a teacher here and particularly a woman of color feels nice for me to connect with and so yeah i'm making a lot of shifts right now mm-hmm. yeah here here yeah yeah i listened to um both of those pisces episodes your second to last and your last okay today. yeah okay cool it's like a lot of information i was very turned on by all of it but, but also very overwhelmed i'm like what mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um i i'm very interested in astrology i mean it's really it's it's highly mathematical from what I can sort of <laughs> deduce from it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a too deep of a dive for, for my, my bandwidth. Guy. But yeah. I'm, I'm very interested mm. in it. How did you, like, what brought you to that world? To astrology? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it started really, like the root of it would be health things that were going on with me. I just never, I, I had all kinds of like stomach pains growing up and Western medicine never really got it, <laughs> mm-hmm. said that nothing was wrong with me. Um, and so I, I immediately like started seeking out other ways of healing and making sense of the world. And astrology did not come first, but it's definitely... There's, you know, been a cosmic cookie crumb trail leading to astrology, and I think it's it's stuck with me the last few years because mm-hmm. um, it's very expansive and never ending. Uh, you never stop learning with astrology, and, mm-hmm. and that's because each day is a new combination of planetary energy that's never existed before. So that is fascinating right. in of itself. Um, and I think that's one of the takeaways I've had this past year with the pandemic as it's really solidified me as an astrologer because I saw how spot on uh, many of the transits were speaking to the time. And if I questioned it before, um, I don't anymore. And I, th- mm-hmm. and I think that brings a certain kind of responsibility as an astrologer and also um, a certain amount of like taking my craft a little bit more seriously and so that's definitely mm-hmm. been like an adulting year on all kinds of fronts, but just particularly mm-hmm. as an astrologer, it has been. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I think like not to get too mathematical on you or give you too much information, but one of the biggest astrological occurrences this past year in 2020 was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And so conjunction means when planets line up in the sky. And so Saturn and Pluto lined up in the sky. That happens once every 36 years. And it is a, it is a alignment that is associated with pandemics, epidemics, and wars. And so I've heard that like through my studies and kind of just, you know, took it with a grain of salt, whatever, and didn't really take it too seriously because that's not necessarily how I've used my own astrology practice is to, I don't know, like predict pandemics or whatever. But it's not so much about predicting, but Saturn and Pluto aligned in, at the beginning of 2020. The last time they aligned was uh, during the HIV epidemic. And if you follow it back every 36 years, there's some sort of thing that's going on. So I look to the elder astrologers in the community who have had experience living through the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which this was both of our first time living through that, I, I imagine, uh, unless you were born 1981 or earlier so whoever's listening too so yeah um yeah so depending on what year you were born those who were born around 81 came in with this in their birth chart they have saturn and pluto aligned in their chart and so it kind of is waking up parts of that soul expression of the sky so um yeah that's been part of the deepening of my studies this year and just really seeing how how astrology really is a tool that we can utilize at this time to offer an objective perspective. And, uh, it's been, it's, it's been cool to, to experience it and, um, also devastating at the same time. You know? So when was the, okay. <laughs> when it happens, when the conjunction happens, is it like, is it like a day? Like it happens in one day and then it's ripple effects carry on like is it or was it happening all year like what like how yeah. long does that conjunction last yeah so the actual like alignment was on january 12th 2020 but uh -huh. all of 2020 the whole year and parts of 2019 are part of this energy because they're they were within five degrees of each other all of 2020 so um right. you don't necessarily say it's always that exact date but more of a, a time period. Uh, so, um, but this particularly one, one was in Capricorn, Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn, which is directly connected to the patriarchy, government, businesses, institutions, mm -hmm. uh, and the environment. The collective earth is Capricorn. So collective earth is also Capricorn rules over healthcare and things like that too. So yeah, last time they lined up in the sky was in Libra. And so that was more about interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Back in 81? Yeah. Interpersonal relationships. I was too young to have any interpersonal relationships <laughs> back in 81. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, so but that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty complex. But I guess that is part of, been part of my pandemic is really just, immersing myself in my astrology practice and mm -hmm. um, grounding yeah. down here in this new place that I find myself in. Cause I was in New York and then I left New York February 14th on my birthday uh -huh. in 2020. I just, I just it was like, get out of New York. That's what I kept hearing. So I right. left and um, 
rented a cabin in the woods for the month of March, thinking I was going to be writing a book. And then the pandemic happened and uh-huh. I didn't, I haven't written the book yet because of last year. Right. I'm just now starting that process now, but yeah. So you were, we met when you were in LA. Now, were you, did you move to LA? I lived in LA for a year and a half. Same. Like it wasn't very long. It was maybe a little yeah. over a year and a half and I was yeah. done with it. Yeah. What was the, what was your take? Um, I had envisioned I was going to move to, to LA um, on the back of this of this commissioned project I was doing there. And then that would somehow just like open up opportunities for me in the art world. Um, and I did do a couple of projects that I, that I got some pretty big things behind, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as sort of grandiose as I had imagined. And instead I kind of got sucked into the party world of LA and that was all I was doing, just partying and drinking and not really doing much of anything. And I found it also very impossible <laughs> to find a job. And it got yeah. it got a little dire. So I just I was I just wound up leaving. Um yeah. but I was doing I mean, I came from the East Coast and I looped to LA and then I was something was transporting me up to portland consistently so i was taking these road trips like back and forth to portland and staying in this like weird weird seedy hotel that it was like a formerly a resort and had burned down and then like it was taken over by a roadway in and it just like was weird it was on that hate it was on hayden island which is between portland and washington in the middle mm-hmm. of the columbia river i kept being taken back to this place and staying in there for like weeks at a time it was a very bizarre time oh. for me and i don't know exactly what was going on and then yeah mm-hmm. um, but i was doing that kind of trajectory of like looping from like east to la up to portland mm-hmm. and then and then eventually I left I left LA and I moved to Hudson, New York, which only lasted for nine months before. And during that nine months, I decided that I needed to do something with my life. <laughs> so then I went back to grad school. Yeah. Are you is that where you why you're in Denver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm here. Uh, I'm in a um master's of somatic psychotherapy. Nice program and i'm just finishing my second year yeah nice um but i'm very interested in somatics as well yeah that's what so i was when i was listening to your podcast there was a lot of somatics and embodiment and talk about the body in it which i found really interesting um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i saw a performance that you posted on the Instagram, um, where I believe you're at the ocean. Mm, was right? I in like a, a multicolored caftan? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Where where was that? That was on um, that was on the beach by Provincetown on Herring Cove, um, facing oh, no. out. I think it was facing. It's facing out. T- 
I was facing out actually towards the um, Atlantic. So not on the side that faces back towards Boston. Okay. Uh, and that was a very specific thought because I was trying to work some magic towards um, the UK. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and it, and I'm going to the UK this summer. So, yeah. Um, why the UK? Um, I The UK is another place where I feel some tendrils. I feel pulled to... I feel very home in the UK. I feel very comfortable there. Um, and I've I've spent some time there. So I, I was in school very briefly at Goldsmiths in London. And then I came back and I toured a performance through the UK. Um, and I came back a couple of times. And then I'm going back again um, to visit friends, bounce around and do um, a couple of art projects there um, okay. for the month of July. Yeah. Nice. Um, I lived in the UK for a year in Swansea, Wales. Okay. I've never been to Wales. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like hearing you talk about Portland and then the UK, cause there, there's a similar feeling for me in Portland as I felt when I was in Swansea. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's like the same longitude or whatever, but there's our latitude. I'm not sure which that is right now, but um, I always learn it latitude. <laughs> like your mouth okay. is wider because it's horizontal. Okay. <laughs> That's how they talk. Well, right school. when you said that, I re <laughs> I just remembered that I used to think ladder. Oh. Like you climb a ladder. Yeah, like right when you said that, latitude. Yeah, so I don't know if they're at the same latitude, but I think the misty feeling. Mm -hmm. very like fairy like but yeah i lived there for a year and that's when i really began to reconnect with practices of my distant ancestors uh, mm -hmm. that resonated with me more than my like very southern christian upbringing mm -hmm. and that's that was in 2009 so that's really when my holistic journey started was in the uk and i started exploring like wicca and paganism and druidry and um got interested in the tarot and i first and foremost looked to pamela coleman smith who was born in the uk mm -hmm. um, with a with a deep respect for the images that she channeled and offered us in, in the rider Waite smith tarot which is at this point the most sold tarot deck in, in the world um but yeah there there's something with the uk that i'm because i kind of thought you were like on the oregon coast in that video for some reason no but you were you were on the other side so um mm -hmm. but i guess that makes sense because i didn't see any rocks or anything but mm -hmm. yeah so you move around a lot i do i find it yeah I find it, it seems we we have similar <laughs> nomadic um paths mm -hmm. yeah i do um i move around a lot and although I have no intention of staying in the Denver, Colorado area after school, I feel settled. Yeah. For the first time. Um, yeah. 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 I'm still like, I've moved around a lot and there's something about this past year now getting a dog too, I think like grounds you. Um, I think also being 
you know, in my mid thirties now, um, I'm just feeling shifts, but I'm actively questioning what it means for me to be a white person and particularly a cisgendered male um, moving in from somewhere I'm not from while also holding the complexity of being someone who is gay and queer and a free spirit that feels displaced from a Southern Christian upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just kind of sitting with the complexity of all that right now. And, um, and figuring out how I can still be authentic to myself while also showing up in a way that um, embodies the leader that I'd like to become. And, um, yeah, I don't have any answers right now, but I think that's like part of why I'm, I'm committing to this nine month uh, mentorship that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this mentorship is, um, it's with restorative. Someone, the person yeah. is based in Portland. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, um, which felt important to me. Cause like, I think when I first got to Portland and this might've been a part of why Los Angeles didn't work for me was because we live in this time where everything's online. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, all of my work's online. So I arrived in Los Angeles. And I never actually landed down. Right. I did everything online. And the, the thing is, and I think many, many might feel this right now is that there's a dispersing energy with the internet where maybe more people than ever feel a bit untethered. Mm-hmm. and like don't really have like a specific place as home and there's something in that process of like when i reflect back on my time in la i never really actually arrived there in a way that was giving back to the community there or to the land there my community is much broader because it's in the interweb mm-hmm. and so I think with all this like moving around and particularly having the pandemic as a backdrop, which is slowing us down in many ways, it's having me reconsider the ways that I am contributing to the space on which I dwell and the land on which I dwell. And um, so I am making more of a conscious effort as I start a new chapter in a new place to um, reach out to the practitioners and healers and artists here. And so, and support them and mm-hmm. not just support artists that I love from my time in New York, but find new people here uh, so that I um, can be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where did you learn uh, Sigil or when did you start working with Sigil? Hmm. Um, probably peppered throughout the past like five years or so um but it wasn't until i didn't really start doing any sort of deep dive into sigil work um until the start of the pandemic really um where i started um thinking about sigils um as technologies and how I could translate the idea of archaic technologies into contemporary technologies. So using actual technology, circuitry, um, coding, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very Aquarian. I feel your Aquarius moon with that. 
Is it? How is it Aquarian? Um, Aquarius is, is connected to symbols and archetypes, um, mm. for one. Uh, and why? And why is Aquarius connected to that? Aquarius is about circuitry, um, okay. connecting things. So an archetype, for instance, is a collection of ideas that bring us together and co like collective thought, collective intention. So when you have a sigil, um, my experience of the same sigil might be different than yours. But at the same time, we're still looking at the same symbol. And Aquarius says that there's no hierarchy on meaning or thoughts but it's our shared understanding of an archetype that unites us. Uh, mm. So when we're working with tarot, it's archetypes. When we're working with astrology, also working with sigils, all of that's very Aquarian. And um, when you, you say technology, Aquarius is a sign that also rules over technology, um, whether that is ancient technology or modern. Mm. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, astrology is really just here as, a vocabulary for us, mm -hmm. but um, it's cool to see it reflected that you are a Pisces, mm -hmm. but you also have that Aquarius moon, and I would connect that to your sigil work for sure, and the technology that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and also like hosting a podcast is very Aquarian. One of like I always think of Oprah Winfrey as Aquarius. She's mm -hmm. like mega Aquarius. It's like broadcasting ideas. Yeah. Making information available to a lot of people. Um, that's the Aquarian way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Yeah. What brought you to doing your podcast? Um, I had left New York City. And I moved to the big island of Hawaii where I was doing a uh, year-long um, program that was permaculture. It was right after uh, Donald Trump had been elected as the 45th president mm -hmm. of the United States. And um, I had a series of events that were, I'm going to go ahead and say it, were traumatic, particularly around my queerness mm -hmm. um, that involved a landlord that was homophobic and just like, I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but that in tandem with a new president like really just shifted a lot of things in me. And I, I, I was just ready to leave New York and, and mm. have a new experience. And so I was either going to move to Paris for clown school or move to Hawaii okay. to do permaculture. Right. Uh, so, and I, I went with Hawaii um, because I was ready to experience what life was like, not in a city um. and um, to see how that felt and what, what I might learn about myself. And I was also just interested in getting more connected with the land. Uh -huh. um, and, and um, so, yeah, I, I was a teacher or really a group facilitator in New York for five years. I led in a group called the Brooklyn Fools, which was a, and I still lead it online now. It's called Fools Journey, but Brooklyn Fools was a six month journey through the major arcana of the tarot. Right. That was a ritual immersion. And so I was leading that and I, I had a lot of uh, past participants and students and uh, people in New York that encouraged me to continue teaching, but use the internet to do so. So I launched my podcast from my tent 
in the jungle of Hawaii in 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of amazing that I was able to have internet access and do all that. And so, yeah, it started. And so if you like listen back to some of the first episodes, you can hear the croaky frogs in the background and the jungle life. Mm. Just like, yeah, it was that was the first year of the podcast. Right. Yeah. So you really were seeking. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a, it was a turning point in astrology. That's what we'd call your Saturn return, which is around age 29, 30. Right. Um, that's when Saturn returns back to the place in the sky that it was at the time of your birth. And so that will happen around 29, 30. And then again at age 60. Mm-hmm. And then if we're around for the third one, it's around age 90. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching the well. I downloaded History Vault, and you know they have all these shows, shows on like the whole universe series it goes through like the universe, mm-hmm. and like I've been getting really depressed watching it lately because all I can think about is like, oh god, there are gonna be commercial trips to all of these places eventually, and people are just gonna fucking leave their empty Avion bottles all over the place mm-hmm. and their cigarette butts. It's so mm-hmm. depressing. <laughs> like I ever I'm it's sad to say, but every time that fucking like um commercial ship or whatever like blows up when it comes back down when it lands, I'm like, yay. <laughs> it's it's whatever that test flight they're doing is. I don't know if it's the is it the like the one that what's his face from Tesla is testing out. The one that's going to Mars? No, it's. I think it's the one to the moon. It's like the they're testing oh. the commercial flights to the moon, but it hasn't been doing well. Like it, it always explodes when it comes back. No. I'm like maybe she's telling you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the the moon is telling us a lot. And I think so is the Earth. I think that's like that's what's so interesting to me about this whole pandemic is there's been so much focus on getting a vaccine and not a lot of talk around why there's a pandemic in the first place and what the earth is asking of us right now. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to, to observe, <laughs> you know, everyone wanting yeah. to get the vaccine so they can go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to normal and wait for the other pandemic to come. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it is, you, you are very much, Right. I mean, we, and and I even think about it too, like, it's like, there's such a, like looking, looking away from the earth, like, oh, well, let's, let's go to Mars. Let's go to the moon. But like, maybe you need to, um, heal things here on our planet rather than just looking to escape constantly. You know, it's, it's, I just don't get it. It's like yeah. a seek and destroy mentality of like society, you know. It's like let's mm-hmm. just destroy it and move on. Yeah. But I do have hope because this conversation is being had and there's we now have access to broadcasting these ideas out like on a podcast which um, maybe, you know, a hundred years ago, there wouldn't have been podcasting to get no. these thoughts and ideas rippling through the collective consciousness. And so that does give me hope. Mm-hmm. 
But it's yeah. usually not the people podcasting usually are the people in power. Yes, but it's all like rippling behind the scenes now, which a hundred years ago that wouldn't have happened. So I do. There is a collective movement happening behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I do believe that, and I see it around me. Hi, friend. It's me dropping into the sponsorship slot to let you know that I Miss You has a Patreon subscriber page and I would love your support. I'm keeping it simple. There's a monthly subscriber choice of $5 and $10. For both, you'll have access to a patrons-only Facebook group for connecting with myself, fans of the show, and maybe a guest or two. Also, occasional drops of bonus content. For $10, I'm adding this super sweet pink and white enamel pin that says, Hi friend, wear it to the grocery store, to the gym, to your COVID vaccination, or anywhere else where cool kids are wearing pins these days. Who knows, maybe you'll meet a new friend. Your Patreon coin goes to support the upkeep of the show, which includes studio rental, gas to get to the studio, website and recording platform fees, dog treats... If committing to a monthly fee seems a little out of reach at the moment and you'd still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal at our website, imissyoupodcast.com. Now, back to the convo. I don't know. Maybe I'm more pessimistic. It's okay. It's nice to have duality. Well, yeah. I'm like, we we just need to fucking burn down the patriarchy and then everything would be better. Mm -hmm. But even that wouldn't be possible without having the internet as a tool for creating conversation and dialogue. I mean, how much the internet is exposing racism at this time because we have access to footage that wasn't there before. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting to be be alive at this time where you know we're connecting um, like we're in the same room and we're not. Yeah. I mean, documentation has definitely changed the ways in which we interact with one another. Um, Yeah. Hmm. So, um... Are you feeling like you're going to stay in Portland for a while? I am, you know, I would say taking it one day at a time, but right now I'm taking it kind of like every nine months at a time. (laughs) That's why this mentorship is like a good, you know, tethering Mm -hmm. hold for me. Right. To say that I'll commit to the next nine months and, you know, since I'm now living alone, this is my first time, uh, you know, really settling down into my own apartment. I've purchased furniture and I have this dog now and uh-huh. I'd like, I'd like to give him a solid base of an upbringing. So I, I would say, um, if a while is the next two years, then I'm here for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely yeah. had a good time with my dog. In Portland, there are so many beautiful outdoor spaces there. Mm-hmm. How do you so? How do you navigate that as a dog owner and, and moving around so much? 
she's a road dog um yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i though but i you know i rescued her when she was five so she wasn't a puppy um uh-huh. but she's moved in a bunch of different places um this as long as i've had her well yeah i guess this is now coming up um at as the same time as living in la yeah but you know i in an attempt to to try to um be aware of how i tend to move on from things um when i when i'm fussy or when i'm feeling unsettled i tend to just pick up and leave i decided to um renew my lease in my apartment which i which i actually had rented from afar before i moved to denver um and I was going to, I was already looking to move. Oh, I'm going to go to another apartment. I'm going to go to another apartment. And then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to not do that. I'm going to stay here <laughs> in this apartment. But it actually, it, it, it didn't work out because I was dealing with some noise issues with my downstairs neighbors. And because everything is virtual, I'm working from home and I'm actually having to practice with clients virtually in my home and it was making me, the noise was making me feel so uncomfortable. It was really reading. Um, so I needed to leave. So I just got a new place that I'm moving to in two and a half weeks. But it's it's like, it's in a different area. It's I'm, I live quite close to downtown now. This area is by the entire stretch of the, um, cherry creek park which is just ginormous there's a huge lake there's all this outdoor area i mean we always drive to cherry creek park but now i'll be living like right there so i'm actually excited for her because she'll have a lot more outdoor space and not and not have to just go out on the sidewalks and bark at everything that passes yeah yeah what's her name najdia where'd you come up with that is that already her name before? No, her name was Natasha, and then I just changed it to Najdia, <laughs> just because <laughs> there's really no reason. Well, I think I was probably drunk when I named her. I was definitely drunk when I got her. I was drunk when I adopted her, and I woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> so she's wow. definitely she's definitely seen me through some things. She's definitely mm-hmm. seen the 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 drunk. The drunk John that used to mm-hmm. exist, and now the non-drinking John that exists today. Are you sober? I'm not sober. Oh, okay. Just not drinking. I don't drink. No. No. What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking a Celsius energy drink because I didn't say just because I'm not drinking booze, I'm not going to put all this other shitty stuff into my body. <laughs> so this is a Celsius energy drink. And um, it's the non-carbonated version because I replaced booze with carbonated beverages and had to wind up finally going to the gastroenterologist like two weeks ago. Like, why am I feeling terrible inside? (laughs) The doctor was like, well, how many carbonated beverages do you drink in a day? I don't know, maybe like two or 15. (laughs) So I had to stop drinking carbonated beverages. And luckily they... 
make a non-carbonated version of this Celsius drink. Yeah. Nice. Kombucha is always my go-to for that carbonated feel. Right. I've never been a kombucha person. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, I have friends that like fucking passed around that scoby like all through Koreatown and Silver <laughs> Lake. Like we're just like making kombucha for days and I just was mm-hmm. never into it. Never make my own, but I will definitely get behind some good kombucha. Yeah. I think it's the vinegar. I don't I don't need the vinegar thing. Like I don't like the vinegary taste. Yeah, see, I don't really drink too often, so when I do have a kombucha, I get a little buzzed. Oh. And does it do it that? Has a small bit of alcohol in it, yeah. Oh, I mean, because so, of the- it sounds like it wouldn't for you, but maybe for someone that doesn't <laughs> right. drink a lot. Right. It's not it like one kombucha. If it's not drinking three bottles of wine, then probably no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think they started to card card people for kombucha at the store now. Really? Nope. They should card people for like fucking monster drinks red bull right like those that's what's killing the kids <laughs> i mean like five hour energy shots fuck yes well you know back in my day <laughs> well this is actually i remember when we were living in a, i was living in atlanta i just lived in atlanta for a year it was one of those like passover places i lived in um they used to sell lefedra at the gas station on the little like um on the little display and ephedra was ba- i mean basically make fucking crystal meth from it it's like uh-huh. ephedra is th- it's outlaw it's illegal now you can't do it because it's it will rip apart your heart lighting and it will make you so speedy it's speed it was over the counter speed yeah and we used to take them and wash them down with some Red Bull. And we would we used to see how shaky we could get. We would just like take packs of these things. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was really kind of living on a prayer <laughs> for a little while. Like, how can I kill myself today? <laughs> you don't have to answer this, but um, I'm curious what what year you were born in. 77. 77, okay. Mm-hmm. 77 so you do you consider yourself yeah you're you're not a millennial you're what is that gen x yeah yeah okay i'm very much in the middle of i'm not like on the end of gen x either I'm yeah like t- towards the middle ish in astrology we have a whole nother way of looking at generations and it's based off of your pluto so you are part of the pluto and libra generation which is babies born from 1970 to 1983. Mm. Yeah. What does it all mean? <laughs> Pluto and Libra is, you know, Pluto is the planet of transformation and death and rebirth. And then you look at the astrological sign and it's in Libra. So it's a generation of people transforming our, our relationship to relationships. Libra is about relationships monogamy, um, gender equality, um, balance within the self in regards to gender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's some of the Libra themes. So you look at Libra with Pluto and that's 
anyone who's listening that was born between those times, then you're part of the Pluto Libra generation. That's part of uh, there's that soul contract in your chart. Yeah, mm. might be more prominent. <laughs> how do you know job. all of this? How do you retain all of this stuff? I don't know. I just love it, and um, it's what I do. Yeah, I offer readings. I look at people's birth charts. Um, mm-hmm. I do two-hour deep dive astrology readings, and I do about one a day because I I don't like doing more than one a day because I get kind of drained. Yeah, so a I lot imagine. of talking, so a lot of talking, a lot of holding space. Um, but it's similar. It's, it feels similar to like being a therapist in some ways, except maybe a little bit more of like a teacher at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, which I do have a degree in psychology. So oh, kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I was actually, th- I was thinking about this today when I was listening to your podcast. I'm like, I feel like there's a bit of a resistance towards astrology for me. And I'm just trying to think about, okay, what is it? Like, why am I, re- why am I resisting? And I'm wondering if it's because astrology to me seems like one has no control over it and i'm very much into um i'm very much into well (laughs) it's it's i'm very much into choice and setting of intention and and manipulation of outcome through focus and energy and ritual and astrology to me is like this is what it is and this is what it's saying for you and there's no none of that sort of like that play that in my sort of ritual and witch practice is not available in astrology does that make sense um, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I think that there's a tremendous amount of free will within the practice of astrology. And for me, it's all a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can take, for instance, you were saying Pluto and Libra, and you can take that and use it as inspiration um, and work with it and um, connect with it in whatever way speaks to your soul. And mm-hmm. it, it would literally be like, you know, having a color and saying, do whatever you want with this color. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what you do with Pluto and Libra. So it's, it's, it's actually not fixed. Right. I think that it, it, I think it in many ways, it provides a language for free will. Right. Maybe I look at it too much like it's it's predestined. Like this is what it is. This is what's going on for you. And you have no choice choice about it. You know, you can't really this is yeah. what's happening to you. We're telling you what's happening to you and not necessarily for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all an invitation. Right. And I think it also depends on who the astrologer is and how they're using it. And it's all, it's all a mirror. So, you know, I would trust that if it's not something that resonates with you, then it's not your practice. Yeah. 
and that's okay. I mean, it is sexy. There, I mean, all the terminology to me is very, very sexy because I'm a, I'm a terminology queen. Like I love language, I love text, <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I have one app. I'm like, okay. Every once in a while, I don't even really go to it on a daily basis, but maybe like once a month, I'll remember yeah. that I have it and I'll pull it up. And it's like, I think the app is called Time Passages. And it really kind of like goes through mm. a lot. I mean, they're like the short-term influences and the long-term influences and like the 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 trine of the sextile and the conjunctions. And I don't know what any of this means. It's very sexy, but I don't know it. <laughs> but I'll read it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that when you read something like that, it it is very general, but it takes like yeah, immersing yourself in it. And I mean, astrology is very much a language of cycles. Mm-hmm. And for me, I love that because the world that we live in, um, in many ways, has been at least in this, in this, in our Western culture and in a, in our very patriarchal systems, it's very linear. Mm-hmm. And astrology is not. It tells the story of evolution, and it 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 is about feminine wisdom, which is cycles. And so, mm-hmm. just even following the moon every month, from new to full. Yeah, I mean is, that I do, but like the moon is. The moon is my lover. I can't deal with any of that. But <laughs> I'm very much in a monogamous relationship with the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that to me, that intimacy of following the moon, that's my whole astrology practice, but I'm doing it with all the planets. Right. And so I think, I think that, you know, for me, it's not so much about looking to astrology to tell me who I am, but it's me attuning myself to something greater than myself that, speaks to my soul mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah i think the moon is a great place to start and also the sun i mean we just entered aries season it starts right yeah. at the spring equinox you know aries starts the the wheel and here we are it's you know day day and night are in equal measure the little seeds are coming out from the soil and so mm-hmm. you know we look to nature uh, to see how it's also reflected in astrology and it really is you know like leo season is the middle of summer it's leo you know so it does it does really speak to to nature and it is based off of the solstices the equinoxes and also the in-betweens like beltane and Samhain are, are also reflected of course you know Samhain, day of the dead halloween is right in the middle of scorpio season mm-hmm. and scorpio is all about honoring our ancestors and um, so it's just it just offers another language and vocabulary that i think um, pop culture astrology really, you know, gets a little tabloid-like, uh, but mm-hmm. it's actually, a, it's a very ancient practice of connecting to nature. Yeah. Cycles. I mean, yeah. that would definitely be the first thing I remember about my first encounter with, with, with astrology was in the like, like a, it would look like a wanted ad in the back of the newspaper. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like a really quick little blurb. <laughs> it was maybe like, a paragraph long. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think when I tell people I'm an astrologer, that's like, especially like if I'm on like Tinder or something, you know, like that's what people think of. <laughs> right. Like, per, like Perez Hilton meets like someone that's cosmic. Like, but it's, it's not that at all. 
it can mm-hmm. be it can definitely you know translate to memes and things like that but um, yeah for me it is it's not that do you think that because of that you're sort of demystifying astrology? Um, if it's demystifying, then it always has a natural balance of mystifying and remystifying because it's I don't think you can completely demystify this practice. Maybe I mean making it seem a little bit more accessible available or maybe even making it seem legit maybe people don't think it's legit well i think if someone doesn't think it's legit it's because they have not spent time like actually delving into it themselves um but you know i yes i think that's the goal as a teacher is to make it more accessible so Mm -hmm. i would agree with that and um you know i've i've definitely done that in some of my projects that i've done with mm-hmm. the community yeah yeah for sure mm. yeah i i i think sometimes about um i am very open about witchcraft and my mm. own path in every facet of my life like it's just there. I don't like, I maybe at one point tried to be a little bit more undercover about it, but I'm really not that way anymore. Like it shows up so much <laughs> just because it's such a daily practice for me. Um, maybe it's my my hope by bringing it into everything is that, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it makes it a little bit more available in people's consciousness. <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that it's not, um, it doesn't fit a particular mold or aesthetic. I don't need to, I don't need to dress like I'm, um, like I've robbed a Hot Topic. I don't need to, you know, be goth every day. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That image of you robbing a Hot Topic is pretty fun. Well, you know. I, uh, it's funny that that came to my mind because probably in my youth, I would have robbed a <laughs> hot topic. I don't know. I've never, she never went down the goth path. I mean, I love a most, well, the, that being said, a lot of my clothing was dark. It was black or gray for a very long period of time. But over the past couple of years, I've really introduced color into my palette that wasn't there before um but i would never consider myself goth even when i was wearing like just dark clothing i think it was really just a reflection of the depression that was going on inside of me (laughs) everything inside feels dark so i'm just gonna wear black clothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm yeah yeah i've definitely gone through i mean right now i'm wearing all dark colors I, i go through periods of time where i do that and for me, it, I maybe depression, but I also it feels in many ways protective too. Like when I'm maybe feeling a little bit more introverted, I wear darker colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, totally. I like that. I like that image of protection. Um, 
That I, I also, know, when you wear like bright colors, it like kind of invites people, it invites like people to talk to you and things like that. I think. Yeah. Kind of like a flower, you know, it's really bright. A bee comes by. I think it also can invite um, specific energy around representations of that color. Like I, um, <sighs> color's been coming up for me during the pandemic. Um, it's just been coming to me like in ritual and some like um, just longer lunar cycle intentions. Like I've been getting like visions of this, of color. And yellow was coming up a lot. Yellow, yellow. I'm like, what in the hell? What's going on? Um, and then I started like doing digging into yellow a little bit, and um, it was coming up as this color that represents abundance. So I started like really inviting yellow in, like wearing wearing yellow, like ha using these little like just putting pieces of like yellow fabric and things like that in different, like on my altar in different places, like bringing yellow flowers to put into my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of that is, is similar to my practice with astrology. Like when I hear you talk about that, mm -hmm. and so like, like each of the 12 astrology signs I would associate with a different color. Oh, so, cool. Like, if I'm, if I'm working with Aries, there's certain things I would put on my altar to honor the energy of Aries. And a lot of that is like, you know, a specific color or a specific flower, um, an animal, you know, like a specific animal mm -hmm. that relates to Aries. Um, and I very much work with color a lot. And also with what I put on my body is very much helps me connect with energy and whatever it is that I'm wanting to um, tune in with or uh, conjure up or channel in that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Where so, is yellow for you? Yellow would immediately take me to, to Leo. Okay. Um, it would be yellow for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it could be any of the fire signs, and that's again, it would be up to your own interpretation of uh, astrology. There's no like hierarchy on what sign is connected to what color, right? And so that's where I think a lot of free will and um, flexibility is available. Oh, there's your pup. There's my pup. He's just switching it up. Yeah, you your know? pup came from such a long distance. He did, yeah. Yep, he's a Southeast Asian pup. How do you, yeah. I mean, do they put the pups like in cargo, like of the plane? Yeah. That makes me so nervous. Yeah, well, he's a really good dog and I'm giving him a good life here. Yeah. With me. So um, he was found at four weeks old, beaten up on the street mm -hmm. in, in Cambodia and did not have a mother and him and his sister were you know taken in by another astrologer mm -hmm. and given a given a good upbringing and then um, when she was she didn't have the attention to keep them she was trying to find them at home in Cambodia and mm -hmm. people don't people don't have dogs in their house in Cambodia mm -hmm. so she she couldn't find it and so she had fell in love with them and so she brought them um, here mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. And how old is the pup now? He's six months. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's getting a little antsy right now, though, so I'll have to take him on a walk here soon. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for spending this time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, congratulations to your new your new podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, keep in touch and let me know how your journey is going with this mentor. I'm I'm very interested in hearing more about it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. me too. All right. Well, well, you have a good night. You too. Enjoy that energy drink. <laughs> I'm going to start shaking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at imissyoupodcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.